Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, WTIC-FM and WTIC.com. We are pleased to be joined this Sunday morning by Major Mike Peterson, Director of Public Affairs for the Connecticut National Guard. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Aaron. Thank you for having me. We are smack in the middle of the holiday season, and while we celebrate at home, there are dozens and dozens of Connecticut men and women serving in the National Guard who are overseas. Tell us, how many does the state currently have deployed? That's right, Aaron. Um, There are about 170 Connecticut National Guardsmen, both Army uh, soldiers and airmen, uh, that will be away from their families deployed around the world this holiday season. And uh, uh, we think about them, and they're in our thoughts and prayers every day uh, as we uh, await them to return home safely. Being away from home for the holidays is tough for anyone, but it poses particular challenges to the men and women who wear our uniform and their families. Can you talk a little about that? I can, and it does. It, it really does. And um, uh, the military spouses from uh, of our deployed uh, loved ones, excuse me, of our deployed soldiers, their loved ones, uh, really have the tough job. Our service members who deploy around the world, uh, they, they're trained. They, they are trained in what they want to do. They anticipate these deployments because they know they're doing something uh, uh, good for the nation, good for the state, and really um, uh, what they signed up for. Uh, the spouses, however, are the ones that are really picking up the slack back home, whether it's simple, small things like getting the kids to school every day or making sure that uh, uh, the grass is cut or the walk is shoveled in the winter time. Um, they still have all of those day-to-day responsibilities that they have to take care of with one less adult, essentially, in the house in most cases. That is a perfect segue to Operation ELF. It stands for Embracing Lonely Families. It's been a program that the Connecticut National Guard has been involved in since 2003, designed really to assist the families of military personnel who have loved ones serving overseas during the holidays. That's correct, Aaron. Uh, Operation ELF just wrapped up its uh, its 16th campaign, which is... Uh, uh, really crazy to think about how many how many families we've been able to help through the years solely through the donations of uh, Connecticut citizens, businesses, and families that want to step up and help. Not just Connecticut guardsmen, but uh, uh, service members throughout Connecticut, which is which is great because it allows us to provide assistance, as you said, not just uh, during the holiday season. Because we all know that hardship, uh, while it might be exacerbated during the holiday season more than other parts of the year, uh, it it doesn't know a season. It doesn't know it's Christmas, and uh, we want to be able to be there to provide help. Uh, to any military family, um, including our guardsmen, uh, throughout the year. Certainly, financial contributions are are accepted, but also lawn services, home services, things like you know plowing the driveway. That can make a big difference in the life of someone who has a loved one serving overseas. 
It, it really can. Again, it comes back to those those little things that uh, we who are deployed might not have to think about. We are just focusing on on one mission, really, whereas the family, again, is picking up that slack and making sure the, the day-to-day household operations, if it will, are, are all being taken care of. Um, Things as small as uh, making sure that you know the heating bill is paid or that the heating uh, oil is scheduled to be refilled. In some cases, um, we've gotten an outpouring of support from the community in past years and this year. And uh, on behalf of the Connecticut National Guard, uh, we are incredibly grateful for the outpouring of support that we've received and the families that we've been able to help. If someone wants to help out, how can they do that? Uh, there's a number of different ways they can help. Um, one of the things that we've really been uh, uh, stressing this season more than others is uh, donations that are more uh, financial in their contributions, um, grocery, pharmacy, department store gift cards, things that really give that flexibility to the family uh, that is in need to to go and make sure they get exactly what it is that they need to get through a, a more stressful period. Um, I really, anybody who wants to reach out can reach out through the Connecticut National Guard's Facebook page, which is uh, at Connecticut National Guard, and send us a mess, a direct message, and one of our uh, staff that monitors the page will make sure they get an answer to you or point you in the right direction if you're looking for suggestions on how you can support. We always think about the, the National Guard helping in times of crisis, be it a, a winter storm or a hurricane, but you do so much more than that. Give us an idea of how many people are involved in the Guard in Connecticut and what sorts of things they do, not only home, but also abroad. I think that's a really good point, Aaron. I think there's a lot of people in Connecticut and in the country know what the Guard is, but I don't think they know what it is that the Connecticut National Guard does or how many people actually are in it. I I know a lot of folks that are surprised when I tell them that when you combine the Connecticut Army and Air National Guard numbers, it's close to 5,000 people. It's 5,000 soldiers and airmen that are training one weekend a month and two weeks a year, as the old saying goes. Um, In a number of different specialties, you think when you think the Guard, sometimes people tend to get in that, uh, that cliche of, you know, they... Uh, train on the weekends and then they deploy overseas. And we do so much more. We really take pride in being good stewards in the community, good neighbors, if you will. Um, We have guard facilities in almost uh, about 35 different towns and municipalities and cities in Connecticut, um, which is a big presence. And it's not all centralized. We have uh, facilities in Danbury to Groton to East Granby. So it really is in a lot of different parts of the state. uh, that you might see us uh, around. Give us an idea of your community outreach efforts, the ways that members of the Guard contribute to the community, and if someone is interested in joining, how can they do that? Absolutely. Um, we are always looking for qualified members, people who are uh, looking to be part of something bigger than themselves or to challenge themselves uh, in something that uh, they think they uh, have what it takes, and and that's what it is in the guard. It is it's a commitment, that's for sure. Um, if anybody is interested, again uh, on Facebook, we can be reached uh, at Connecticut National Guard, and we will answer your questions, and we'll put you in touch with a career counselor who will let you know about all of the different types of. Uh, specialties and occupations that you might not have known about that uh, that the guard has. We're not, you know, it's not all military police or infantry or on the in the air guard pilots. There are um, numerous, dozens of different occupational specialties. Everything from administrative to logistics uh, to mechanical for everything from uh, uh, vehicle wheeled vehicles to aircraft C one thirty aircraft. It's uh, 
uh, a tremendous amount of diversity in the Connecticut National Guard, which I think leads us to that discussion about the community at large. We really do pride ourselves in being uh, good neighbors and uh, having that community presence. Um, we do, in 2017, we've done over 200 community events this year, whether that's a speaker at an event, um, a high school assembly, uh, parades during the patriotic holidays. Um, and we're proud to do that. We really are because we know that uh, uh, we would not have the amount of support we would if it wasn't for the people of Connecticut and uh, and and everything that they do for us and how proud they are of us. and we can't we can't thank people enough for that. What sort of training is involved when you sign up to be in the National Guard? Is it basically like you're you're going through basic training in the army? It is. It is. You uh, for I'll, an example on the army side, since that's uh, I serve in the Connecticut Army National Guard and can talk a little bit more about that with uh, uh, some experience. Um, uh, signing up could mean send you know does mean that you'll have to uh, pick an occupational specialty, whether it was something like I did, which was. Uh, uh, motor vehicle operator. I was a truck driver when I first started in the Connecticut National Guard way back uh, about 14 years ago. Um, I went to my uh, basic training site. I went out to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, spent about two and a half months out there for basic training and then another five to six weeks for uh, uh, wheeled vehicle training, um, which led me after I came home to doing my then one weekend a month, two weeks a year uh, in, in, in Stratford actually. Um, what's really cool about the different types of occupations you can do in the guard is, for example, I, I was a truck driver that led a lot of my peers. I was a student at the time, but uh, a lot of my peers, uh, pursued their CDL to get their, you know, to get their, uh, civilian, uh, license to drive trucks, which leads, always leads to jobs, you know, in that logistics type field. Um, even if it's seasonal work working during, you know, the holiday season when packages are at an all time high, it's just another avenue that you can take, uh, to, to bettering yourself on the civilian side, bettering your chances of finding employment because of, uh, the skills that you can build in the guard. Now, you're on the Army side, but the Connecticut National Guard also includes the Air National Guard, the Flying Yankees, and their their mission has kind of evolved in recent years from the A-10 Warthogs to now cargo planes, right? That That's correct. Uh, in late 2013, we accepted or we were handed a C-130 mission for uh, that tactical airlift cargo plane, if you will, uh, capability. Uh, and in just the four years of that transition, we've seen the Bradley Air National Guard Base in East Granby undergo uh, tremendous renovation to uh, support a larger aircraft or, you know, a tactical airlift uh, platform like the C-130. Uh, and it culminated last year with that first large-scale deployment um, of over 400 about 400 Connecticut Air National Guardsmen who deployed to Southwest Asia uh, in support of the C-130 mission, which was a tremendous accomplishment and completely owed to the men and women of the Air National Guard who made it possible by uh, their hard work and dedication to be to go from being the best A-10 unit they could be to being the best C-130 unit they can be. More recently, members of the Guard have been sent to the Caribbean to, to help in the, the aftermath of the, the hurricanes that went through the, the region this fall. Talk about some of their experiences there and what work they've been doing on the ground. Absolutely. Um, not 
forgetting about the folks, uh, the citizens of Texas and Florida who were so affected by Harvey and Irma, um, focusing first on uh, Hurricane Maria, where uh, tactical airlift and cargo planes really were key just because of the the uh, uh, there's no interstate travel. You can't get stuff to Puerto Rico over the roads. Um, we've flown over uh, 70 missions, C-130 missions, to and from uh, uh, Puerto Rico and uh, Savannah, Georgia, which was more of a hub for uh, operations here in the continental United States for C-130 and logis- the logistics missions. Um, but we took our C-130 crews uh transported personnel, important personnel, to include Connecticut National Guardsmen uh, who supported communications efforts, who supported security efforts, and uh, along with personnel, they took down uh, other supplies and equipment uh, requested by both the Puerto Rican Puerto Rican officials and the federal government uh, that we were able to support. And it's just, uh, I can tell you we had no shortage of volunteers for that mission. Over 100 Guardsmen supported in some way out of state uh, with those missions, um, to include missions to Texas, where we did uh, uh, um, equipment runs f- uh, via C-130, and to uh, Florida, where actually our Army Guard was also heavily involved with um, uh, providing uh, uh, Chinook travel um, by going overhead, uh, to having giving, getting those overhead views to see where the area, where, what areas were flooded, and you know, so that they knew we could give officials on the ground a better picture. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Major Mike Peterson, Director of Public Affairs for the Connecticut National Guard. Closer to home in relief efforts, tis the season for winter storms that always uh, poses the possibility that the the guard might be called up to uh, assist in in cleanup efforts and other operations. What does it mean when the the guard is uh, on standby and there's the potential that it, it's called up to to help clean up from a say a blizzard? Right. So we are transitioning into that part of the year now, coming out of that hurricane season of the summer and fall into that uh, the winter the winter wonderland we know that New England can be. And uh, we've eagerly su- provided support in the past and uh, pride ourselves in being ready if if uh, uh, the state needs us. Um, we've done everything from route clearance, which has included moving and transporting heavy amounts of, of snow off of the roads to help Department of Transportation and other officials clear and plow to get uh, to get people back to work. Um, continuing with that route clearance theme, we've also, uh, when downed trees have come about, we've supported with... Uh, 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 our engineers who've cut down those trees and removed the debris to get to get people on the roads again. And um, uh, we, we also do a tremendous amount of work during the more major storms in the past uh, with uh, logistics support. Um, I can remember myself being out there at Rentschler Field um, uh, at the, at the, on the runway on the runway there with uh, MREs and bottle of water with FEMA officials uh, for folks to come and um, uh, get food and water if they didn't have it available to them in the local area um, to include town officials who drove and brought brought things back. So it 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 really is cool when you can see those uh, those tangible results of supporting uh, the communities at large when in times of need. Because again. The guard is made up of Connecticut citizens, and it's you know friends, coworkers, neighbors, uh, family members. You know, so to, to be able to help out in your own community or the communities that you uh, live and work in is uh, uh, it's a tremendously good feeling, and we we're, we're proud and always eager to provide that support when whenever we're called.
What would you say is the most rewarding experience you've had serving in the Guard? I think, as I just said, I think it is that tangible uh, uh, success when you are able to help somebody in the community. Um, each state and territory has their their National Guard, and the Connecticut National Guard is is represented by folks in Connecticut. And to be one of those individuals who can uh, uh, support at any given at any given moment on a, you know on a moment's notice, get out there and and whether it's um, helping clear routes or helping uh, to de- like this disseminate information and let people know what it is that we do. Uh, to see those benefits and to see the people and the communities that you're helping is is it's a great feeling. It, it, it's 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 always great to be part of something bigger than yourself. And and I'm very proud of my service. That raises a, a basic question: When it comes to the National Guard, who is in charge? Is it the governor? Is it the president? Does it depend on uh, what's happening in in the world and whether or not you get federalized? How does that work? It does. Um, so we do serve, if you will, two different bosses. Um, we have our federal mission under the uh, uh, the charge of the administration the, of the president of the United States, and then we have our state mission. Um, so under the charge of of the governor, who is our commander in chief of the state. You know, when it comes to the state mission, so. Uh, it, it really does depend um, on where, when you get mobilized, where you get mobilized uh, for for a mission. So it, while it's two different sets of missions, it's the same training. We're still doing what we need to do to support, whether it's to support a mission in uh, Southwest Asia um, or uh, Eastern Europe, like we have folks now, uh, service members now doing that, to uh, helping clear snow in Stonington or you know uh, uh, supporting. Uh, stranded personnel during a f- time of flood on the coastline. Um, uh, and I, either way, no matter who we are working for, uh, it, it really comes down to the making sure our folks are trained and ready to go. And when and there are times when that part-time commitment turns into a full-time job when you're, say, deployed overseas. It does. Um, uh, the majority of our members, as I you know said, are those traditional guardsmen, the ones that train once a month, and then we do a two-week training exercise with our units each year. Um, but I spoke earlier about deployed individuals and their family members having to really pick up that slack. It's because they're gone. They're mobilized for more than uh, uh, for a longer period of time, depending on the mission. You know, m- mostly upwards of a year. Um, and that's a long time to be away from your loved ones. And, uh, you know, if anything, if, if any, anybody listening walks away with anything from this, it's that we can't thank those family members enough for what they do while their guardsmen are away, because it is tough on the guardsmen doing their mission. There's no doubt about that. But to keep things going at home is a uh, 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 tremendously stressful. And uh, we appreciate the sacrifices that are made by our military families. Give us an idea of the range of training members of the Guard receive and what sort of missions they're prepared to carry out abroad. So uh, right now, our uh, uh, our service members, our, our soldiers in Poland, are uh, supporting logistical efforts for over 800 other service members. So what kind of training does that entail? You know, there are sometimes exercises, tabletop exercises, if you will, where you're training um, uh 
your your training as a staff in more of the communication side of things as uh, uh, officers and senior non-commissioned officers may doing may be doing. But uh, for example, if a if a truck company was to get called over and deployed to help with logistics, uh, delivering, uh, moving, hauling loads between one base and another, um, they would take uh, a lot of convoy training. And convoy training entails um, that communication factor, driving tra- driver skills, again, in, in vehicles that are far bigger than what we're driving normally on the roads today, unless you are a, a line haul truck driver. Um, it's, it's just one of the many things that we do. And, you know, uh, our, C- our folks, uh, our airmen flying in the C-130s, that's a tremendous amount of work because, you know, you have your certifications to be a pilot. Uh, everything from the flight engineers to the mechanics, and you're working in a, uh, a much more austere environment in the desert, it's, it's, it's a lot of training and a lot of work. That training is something that is sought after by employers after people, or even when people are, are still in the guard, when they are looking to advance themselves in their career, isn't it? Absolutely true. Uh, you see all the time uh, companies proud of their uh, their veteran presence and and uh, their desire to hire veterans because of the leadership and confidence that this training builds because it's 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 not easy it's not just something you can walk into and and expect to succeed there's a level of uh, not just physical fitness but um, uh, mental fitness and that intellect involved as well to to deal with stressful times to deal with uh, uh, those uh, situations where you might have to uh, change your plan on the fly and uh, communicate it to more than uh, more than one other person. So uh, to make sure everybody's on the same page. So I can understand and 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 see why companies want want veterans and want guardsmen because they know that they're coming from something that's bigger than themselves and something that uh, uh, they know that they have training that's already instilled in them between uh, military discipline. Um, uh, confidence skills and leadership skills that they came out of the military or currently serve the you know in the National Guard with um, that they're probably uh, they don't see out of some civilian uh, civilian applicants if you will. We talked about Operation Elf earlier, but are there other ways to give a helping hand to men and women serving overseas during the holidays? I mean, do do cards, do care packages make a difference? They do. Um, as somebody who has deployed before, um, I can say that uh, receiving a care package is a is always a really cool day because um, it's that affirmation that the folks back home are are thinking of you and uh, uh, checking in when when you might be very stressed out, very tired, working seven days a week, and goodness knows how many hours a day. Um, uh, it, it really does. It really does make a difference. And I, again, I encourage anyone to uh, f- send us a direct message on Facebook at uh, Connecticut National Guard. You can find our page, and one of our staff will uh, uh, answer and point you in the right direction for whatever you're looking to do to support maybe not just the guard, but uh, all of our service fa- service members uh, in Connecticut that are serving overseas. There's also the Adopt a Family program, which is part of Operation Elf, and that is for someone who really wants to take a family in need under their wing that might require an enhanced level of support. Adopt a Family is a completely anonymous program um, where potential donors or uh, military families that might be in need or you know facing a hardship um, 
during the holiday season can, again, completely anonymously get in touch with us through our uh, family programs department, which, again, uh, phone numbers and uh, contact information I can provide you through our uh, social media. Um, it's it's really great that we've been able to support over 150 families over the years um, anonymously, and we can't thank our donors enough uh, for taking in a family that might be facing a little bit more of a hardship while uh, their loved ones um, serve in the military or have served in the military. Um, it, it's available to anybody in Connecticut's military community, community facing a hardship during the holiday. He is Major Mike Peterson, Director of Public Affairs for the Connecticut National Guard. Thanks for joining us this morning and for your service, sir. Thank you, Aaron. This is a really cool opportunity. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.